Welcome back to Talk in Texas Forever, a Friday Night Lights podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. We're discussing Season 3, Episode 12, Underdogs, written by Elizabeth Heldens and directed by Jeffrey Reiner. Original air date, January 7th, 2009. Summary for this episode, the McCoys and Taylor's friendship is on thin ice after Joe and J.D.'s scuffle. Buddy tries to make amends with Lila. Tyra and Landry try to rekindle their romance. Is Tandry back on? I don't know. I'm not thinking so, but we'll discuss. Oh, she's not sold. I'm not sold. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. All right, so let's open up the Panthers and Dylan. They're celebrating about going to state, but of course we have to deal with this McCoy situation. And Tammy is faced with the fact that she has to call CPS. Yeah, I did not see this coming. Makes so so much sense. Yeah, because... Yeah, and they say that, you know, this is also a duty of coaches as well. Like, you guys witnessed abuse, child abuse, so obviously you have to call CPS. So CPS shows up to Joe's house, questions JD, which leads JD to questioning Coach on calling CPS, and Coach tells him, I had to do this because it was the law. What do you think of this whole scene of CPS coming in and Joe's reaction and JD's reaction? I feel like that was very realistic. Um, you know, while ex- while I would have hoped that Katie and JD would remove themselves from the situation, it's really all too soon. And there there's so much baggage that comes with that. You know, like my solution was like, oh, just pick up and leave. Like, obviously, it's so much more involved than them just picking up and leaving. Like, this is a marriage. This is a, a father and son. And it happened this one time. So while it's definitely not right, Katie wasn't about to throw away her entire marriage just because of it. And JD obviously still loves his dad and just really doesn't want any, nobody wants anyone's feathers ruffled up. But unfortunately this is something that has to happen. This is a very, what they witnessed was very serious that they don't know if it ever happened before. They don't know if it will happen again. Right. So while it breaks my heart to see JD so upset and like he felt like his world was shooken up, it, you know, it, it is, it had to be this way. Yeah. And it seems like we discussed last week that perhaps this was only the first time that Joe got physical with JD, but I think it's pretty clear that he is verbally abusive. Exactly. And JD, I think, says, like, no, my dad has never hit me before. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you can't let that go. It's not like there was talks of Joe hitting his child. They they witnessed it. So they have proof that it did happen. You can't ignore it. Yeah. And Coach tries to talk to JD once they get to Austin and they get on the field. And obviously JD doesn't he's not really open to it and then coach also tries to talk to joe before they all get on the bus to go to the game and of course joe isn't open to it either which i get coach trying to make amends kind of but also if i was joe i probably wouldn't be receptive to it either no of course not and i think coach was just trying to go in there and being like we're going to state let's everyone be on the same thought process um, how did you feel, and I don't know if we'll get to it in your notes, but 
the scene where Coach and JD are on the field at State. Yeah. And he's like, this is all that matters right now, basically. I don't know why I felt like that was a little insensitive. Insensitive to JD? Yeah, like, I know what just happened, and I know, actually, I am a reason as to why you're upset. I I am the sole reason as, as to why you're upset, because I did call CPS. But it was like... I don't know. He's like, this is all that matters now. Like, put everything out else out of your brain. I guess the way I interpreted it was like, coach kind of saying like, you're mad at me, but like, forget about that for now. Right. I, I feel like I have to watch the scene again because at first it, it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I felt like coach was like a little bit insensitive to GD. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he's trying to say to JD like, you need to be a leader for your team. We've made it this far. You are the quarterback. I know what happened is awful, and I apologize for that, but I need you to show up. But I think you're right on that. It is a little insensitive. Like, Coach, not for nothing, nobody called CPS on your dad. You know, to show up for me, like, I'm still dealing with that. I'm a young kid. Right. He's so young, and this is – that's going to affect him. Like, everything affects these kids, everything that's going on in their personal lives – we see it firsthand with Matt or with Tim or whoever was on the field. If something's bothering them, just like JD failed in his game last week, mm-hmm. it's going to affect their game. So regardless, coach saying like, don't put it here on the field. It's kind of like, well, these kids have so much going on that they should feel their emotions and they should, they, they can't deal with everything at once. How do you think coach should have dealt with JD? Because obviously, if he didn't say anything, that would have been weird. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of like this elephant in the room. Even though JD was the one to approach Coach first back at school. But then for Coach to say something on the field because he grabs him after he's being interviewed, like all the players are being interviewed by reporters. I don't know if it was necessary. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I agree with you. I, I agree. I feel a little, like, Something was, like, misplaced there for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough because he is the leader. He is the quarterback. His team right. has to respect him. Right. And they're at state, like... Yeah. As, huge. That, I guess that's why I felt it was insensitive is because, like, the coach is like, no, we're at state right now, basically. You need to, like, get this team to a victory in so many words. And that's yeah. why I was like, ah, you didn't really have to say that. You could just be like, I hear what's going on with you. I'm sorry that that has happened. Let's just try to make the best of it. <laughs> I don't know. Let's, yeah, let's play a good game. Let's just or... try and play our good game, all right? Yeah. Maybe, you know, keep your mind off of it for an hour. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Before the game, though, Tammy approaches Katie. Oh, gosh. And tries to ask for her forgiveness. And Katie tells her that you'll forgive me if I want nothing to do with you. Uh. 50-50 on that, you know? Yeah, because Katie obviously went to Tammy, confided in her, and Tammy took care of her and was with them the whole weekend. And then it's like, wow, my best friend here calls CPS on me. But Tammy's the principal, so. Right. She's, she's wearing a lot of hats. She's friend. She's principal. She's coach's yeah. wife. She yeah. was a witness. Right, like, I, right, she, right. The whole thing. She really... 
her hands are tied and she didn't want to have to make the call. Right. And I think Katie knows that Tammy truly didn't want to do it, but she's just so upset and hurt that she had to do it. Right. And yeah, I don't know if their relationship will mend itself. Well, I guess that that all depends on what are the future of the McCoys on uh, this <laughs> television show. So, <laughs> And also, Katie probably knows that huh, my husband isn't fond of you or your husband. There's no way this friendship could continue. Right, right. Yeah. Mike wants to know, will CPS take JD away? I don't think so. I think Joe seems to be a little bit powerful in the town and I feel like if it were to come down to it majority of like let's just say the boosters would support him especially you know good old buddy Garrity would be like nah Joe Joe would never do anything like that (laughs) his son's a great football player we need him we need him on this team we Uh, need a QB there's no way that they're ever letting this QB go so I don't think that CPS will take JD away I don't think that joe will go anywhere i think unfortunately they'll show their privilege and that will continue to just keep it on you know under the radar yeah that is beautifully said keep that in mind for next week's episode (laughs) uh vic asks would you have called cps if you were in tammy's position you have to. You have to. She did not have a choice. It, it it's the law. Gosh, that Literally. was so Long Island. Did you hear? That's the law. It's the law. Okay, it's the, it's law? the law. Wow, my Long Island is showing. It's showing. <laughs> Ooh. but yeah, I yes, I would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lila, she's still staying with the Riggins. And their living situation, as we know and see always, is disgusting. She wakes up one morning to use the bathroom. The toilet's gross. She lines the toilet seat with coffee filters, which that I found was hysterical. So funny. That was so and funny. As she's on the toilet, Billy wakes up. He's got to pee. He walks in on her and he's like, fine, I'll piss in the kitchen sink. What do you think about Billy's undergarments? Do you like his banana hammocks as of late? I feel like that works for him. <laughs> But also, why can't you pee outside? Why right. do you have to pee in your kitchen sink? That's absolutely disgusting. You wash dishes so in there. So gross. If they wash dishes. If they wash dishes. I mean, this is, we're no strangers. Like, Lila knows this living situation. You think yeah. that, like, a girl being around would help a little bit, keep it a little tidy, a little cleanly. But no, she's like, it's a shithole. And I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so much so that when she meets with Buddy, Buddy asks her, hey, will you come home? And she goes, yeah, Done. the Riggins house is disgusting. Yeah, sure. I'll come home. And also, like, I'm better now because I'm going to San Antonio State with Tim. And Buddy absorbs this, but he keeps quiet and he allows it. Yeah, I um, I was surprised by Buddy's well, reaction. Well, choose your battle, right? Like, Absolutely. And that's why I was like, if he could just support his kid with this one decision, you know, maybe it would show some growth. Maybe she would respect him a little bit more because he's not forcing a situation. He's like, all right, if that's your decision, that's your decision. You know, it, obviously he can't contribute to giving her any tuition towards it. 
So however she's going to go is going to be on her own terms. Right. Right. Yeah. How do you uh, think how do you think that's going to work? San Antonio State together. How do you think that's going to work? I know <laughs> how, what happens. I think um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know. Good prediction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Billy, he's all excited because he bought a new property and it's going to be an auto repair shop called Riggins Rigs. I love it. I love it. Obsessed. Riggins Rigs. You know, I was just thinking with mm. going back to the Lila and Tim stuff. Yeah. Remember when Jason and Lila got engaged and they said they were going to get married? Uh, that was like season one. Yes. Yes. It just mm-hmm. feels like a little familiar with this. Tim and I are going to move in at the same college, go to the same college together and like not actually really think it through, like think that they're doing adult responsible things. But uh, anyway, that was just my thought. I had like a little light bulb while just talking about it. Brandon Ellis, five foot 11, commented on our reel today about Tim and Lila and how we're shipping them. And they said, so romantic, I almost forgot that Jason Street's chick, that mm-hmm. Lila is Jason Street's chick. And you do kind of forget that they dated because Jason and Lila ended up as such a good friendship, which I love. Yeah. And and not for nothing, like Lila's her own person. Like I don't look at Lila as Jason Street's. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, of course. Uh, right. But I, w- when they wrote that, I was like, yeah, you're right. Like I, I just don't think of them – dating so when you brought up the proposal I had to like dig deep and be like Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's right they did yeah all the way back to season one yeah yeah I liked him and Lila better yeah together I think so yeah plus we didn't really see like the good moments of Jason and Lila no really nothing at all it was pretty tough you know he unfortunately gets paralyzed and that completely changed their relationship yeah yeah. And then Lila falls into the arms of his bestie, and then they fight, and then they don't speak, and then uh, Tim, like, torments Lila for, like, a year, and then, oh, wait, actually, I really like you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, perfect love story. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Matt, he's thinking about college and shows Tammy his portfolio for going to school, art school, in Chicago. You can tell that Julie's trying to be supportive, but she's obviously sad and hesitant about this. And Matt is also excited about his portfolio, and he shares it with Shelby. And he says, I don't know how I'm going to get the money to pay for it. And she goes, people will always want haircuts. I will send you money. We'll make it work. But the problem is grandma overhears this. She questions Matt on where he's going and that what is this nonsense about art school? And obviously mm. she doesn't uh, approve of this. But yeah. well, what did she think he was going to do when he graduated? Football. Just go to college and go to play football and become a f- professional football player? I am pretty sure that is what grandma thought was going to happen. Oh. Okay. Well, I guess yeah. as the audience, especially for me, I've never really seen him as like the football player. <laughs> yeah, but think she loves like grandma loves the Panthers. She does loves Dylan, loves coach. Her grandson is quarterback. So here you're thinking he'll go far with football. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but later on at, at in Austin, we have this really sweet scene of Grandma and Julie talking about Matt's future. 
and how he wants to be an artist and how she doesn't want to hold him back. And Julie's like, I don't want to hold him back either. And this warmed my heart. They hold yeah, hands. Yeah, she like holds, cups her hand and they're sweet. They're very sweet. They're very sweet. Mike wants to know, will Matt get into Chicago art school? What would this mean for him and Julie? I think it will mean long distance for a little bit and maybe eventually they will figure it out. I don't know. Maybe their end game. I, I, uh, I want to say they're probably more end game than Tim and Lila now at this point. If I mean, granted, nobody has to be end game. I mean, maybe just Coach and Tammy are end game, and Billy and Mindy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think they'll they'll figure it out. I think uh, I think Matt will go to school, and then Julie will follow suit, maybe somewhere close by, and they'll continue a relationship. Eventually, I know she's a year younger. Yes, that has been confirmed as of right now. <laughs> That's true. Good point. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure it stays that way. Tyra, she's busy with school and work, and she has Landry look over a first draft of a paper, and he hates it, and he wants to know why every paragraph goes back to Applebee's because (laughs) she's not getting as deep as she should. Meanwhile, at practice, Coach asks where Lance is and puts him on special teams. Yeah. He'll be playing state. Oh my gosh, so cute, obsessed, Lance. So Lance Landry is so excited, he runs to Tyra to tell her that he's going to be playing in the game, pack your bags, I have good tickets, and she's like, yeah, no, I can't go because I have to write a paper. That's and he's good. like, I know, right? And he's but, like, of course you, know, you do. <laughs> of cor- right, of course you have to write that paper, duh. And so later at the Riggins house, there's a giant party the night before state and or the night before uh, leaving for state. I feel like and, that was really stupid. <laughs> well, it wasn't but the night before the game. It was that's just the, true. That's true. What was stupid about it is having all that underage drinking at the Riggins house. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Landry is moping around about the situation. He ends up getting very drunk. He oversleeps and misses the bus to state he's awoken by a call from matt asking where he is and like this whole time i'm just thinking if landry is playing in state also like the entire town of dylan is going wouldn't his parents want to know where he is Mm -hmm. yeah right especially his his dad i know yeah i didn't think about that but he was like sleeping behind a couch yeah on the floor. Yeah, and he has Mindy end up driving him back to the Colettes, and he begs Tyra, like, listen, I'm late. Can you please drive me to Austin? And she says, I'll drive you only if you help me write this paper. Yeah. I wonder if his parents, like, if he lied about where he was the night before, and he was like, I'm staying at Matt's, and that's how I'll get to the game the next day. That does make sense. But still, like, I'm surprised that they left without him. But then again, I guess they really had a deadline to beat, so. 
I know it could have been one of those things that the, everyone's just assuming like, okay, whoever's not on the bus is getting a ride. Yeah. Elsewhere. I mean, he made it in time. <laughs> he did make it on time. Uh, him and Tyra work on her paper on the way to Austin and how things have changed over the years, how her perception has changed. And she explains that this all happened when Jason Street got paralyzed and realize that life isn't fair for anybody like look at him he was such a great guy and also life changed for me when Tammy took a liking to me and when I became friends with Julie and when I met you Mm. so sweet very sweet yeah the Panthers they arrived to the stadium and like we said they have various interviews with different news outlets at night we have a scene With Tim and Matt, they're walking in a park and they're discussing what's next. What are you going to do in the future? And Tim's like, I don't, I just want to focus on the game. They find a Frisbee. They throw it back and forth. I love this scene. It's like the two marbles in the mouth children, like Bond. Like, what are you doing? Oh, you're going to do your life. (laughs) But it's cute. Matt's like, no, no dog piss on it. Like. However he speaks, it just cracks me up every time. Like he can't open up his mouth, but they play frisbee and it was it was cute. Like it just was an innocence in in that. It was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And we we see everyone kind of getting ready. Uh Tammy and Coach, they have a sweet moment where she's like, It doesn't matter if you guys win or lose tomorrow. We still have each other. The sun's gonna rise, the sun is gonna set. And then we have this beautiful narration of Tyra reading her paper. Two years ago, I was afraid of wanting anything. I figured wanting would lead to trying, and trying would lead to failure. But now I find I can't stop wanting. And what she wants out of life. I want to fly somewhere in first class. I want to travel to Europe on a business trip. I want to get invited to the White House. I want to learn about the world. I want to surprise myself. I want to be important. It is so beautifully done, this montage mm. of, of scenes. We even have like a quick scene of Julie holding Gracie Bell. Yeah, I know. We never see that. I know. It it was just, it was great. And then it ended with uh, Tandry having a kiss. They did have a kiss. And I was like, oh, here he goes. Yeah, so Mike wants to know, was that Tandry kiss a one-time thing or will they start dating again? No, one-time thing. I think she's going to say, hey, look, and maybe they'll continue it for like a few days and then she's going to get into college and he's going to realize, oh, shit, you're leaving. We can't do this because he's younger. Mm -hmm. That's just my thoughts. Like, oh, it was so nice to have this kiss and reconnect because we do understand each other on a very personal level. And time and time again, he helps her. She helps him in ways and they just have a very special bond. But I think they misplace it for romance. I think in like their friendship is misplaced in their heads like they are like oh they mistake it I'm sorry like they mistake it for this must be romance because we're so connected but I don't think well I would love it 
don't get me wrong, I've said this over and over again, I would love this to really truly blossom and become something completely solid. I don't, I don't know if it is. I want to say Tyra's ready. She might be ready, but I don't know if they, now the timing is, is good, is going to line up. Ready for her and Landry to be in a relationship? I feel like she's just, she, not in a relationship, but I think she's okay with giving into that again. If that makes sense, like she would be okay with it happening. But ultimately, I think the timing of it is not going to end in their favor. We shall see. It's like every, that's all I say. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah. I we shall see. That's what I have to say every week for you too, because don't want to give too much away. That's right. <laughs> the Panthers, they take on the South Texas Titans, and Oof. it's not going well, so much so that coach takes JD out and puts Matt in. Those tackles, they were, Ooh. those kids were up in the air uh-huh. and going, drop down on the ground. I was like, Damn. Like Tim yeah. had cuts and bruises like all over him. His they arm was in a sling. Up. His arm was in a sling. Yeah. At the beat end. Up. I was listening to Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, and uh Derek and Stacy were saying how this episode took 20 hours. Oh yeah. Like this, like the the stadium. All the football scene stuff, yeah. Was 20 hours to film. And it was the the longest filming day. Wow. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. It's lots of people. First of all, you have people in the stands. Yep. Then you have to literally map out every single play mm-hmm. and do that a bunch of bunch of times. And you have to like close up on each and then wide shots. Like it's it's a whole thing. It's it's a lot. But it was beautifully done. They did I was the whole time I was I felt like I really was watching like a true football game. Right? Yeah. I know. And so Matt is put in and this is like amazing. We're like Everything's driving. I feel like it should have been since the beginning because it's his last game. Right. But uh, we get down to the last six seconds of the game and the Titans kick a field goal and end up winning the game. Yep. I also really loved the way this was shot because it was done in silence. Yes. I like when they do things like that. Yeah. It it adds dramatic effect and the score was so close. It was... (sighs) 28 to 30 but also you predicted that they were not going to win and it's better for storytelling too yeah because of the scene we get after it where coach is like I love y'all you guys played a fucking amazing game you should be proud I'm proud and I love that he invited friends and family to come into the the locker room to hear this speech yeah it was really it was a very beautiful scene it was really good uh, our last scene is everyone gets on the bus to go back to Dylan, and we have Tim walk out onto the field, take in a moment, and drop his cleats. Yeah, I loved it. I cried. I cried a lot in this episode. It I really see. I cried way more me. last week. <laughs> oh, wait till next week. Uh, well, next week's the finale. I can only imagine what's happening. It's, our kitties are going to graduate. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's such a good finale, and the emotions just just take over as they should. As Interesting. They should. Well, yeah. you know what? Yeah, we're in December right now. The school year is not over, Mm-mm. so we'll see how that works out next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look forward to watching as always. Yes, 
Will's question for us, what is the biggest underdog moment in your life where you felt there was no chance but you pulled through? That is hard to say. I agree. And I knew this. I had this question. And you had this question for a Mm -hmm. little bit longer than me. Um, (laughs) I feel like that, you know, us as a podcast network has definitely (laughs) had those moments and then when we look back six years later, you're like, well, damn, I feel I like all those things with like, in the beginning, if we're going to talk about like an underdog Tree Hill talk moment was mm. getting James and Steven to come on in the summer of 2018. Yeah. Like that to me, pulling that off, especially when technology wasn't great and the way I wired our old school mixer with Skype and the way I recorded that. And I look back and I'm like, was Zoom around the entire time? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Could this have made my life so much more simple? Because at the time, we were recording through this like plug-in for Skype. Oh, yeah. And that was faulty. And we even used that in the beginning of the pandemic when we were doing our podcasts. Yep. I know. And so that to me, like sending that email, I mean like, fuck it. I'm just emailing Steven. And then I got the email back. And I remember being at Green Dog, the dog room I used to work with, be like, holy shit, Steven Coletti just emailed me back. What the fuck? (laughs) And then I remember James and Steven casually dropping their Skype names. Oh, yeah. So funny. Now we'll we'll be forever friends on Skype with James and Steven. (laughs) You would never find them. (laughs) Never. Yeah. And them just being like, yeah, mine's and then logging on and just getting like fire flames from Steven. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's like the same thing of like when we had to just Venmo Antoine. Like that's oh the my connectivity. God, yes. That's the same thing. My PayPal will forever have oh, right. Antoine. Oops, I'm sorry, not Venmo. PayPal. Pen- PayPal. <laughs> PayPal Antoine to get into his party. Oh like my God. what? It's so funny. Yeah. yeah. But. Those it's moments like that. Yes. And we still think about that moment where we talked to James and Steven for the first time. Like Wilmington, those are like pinch me moments that I feel I can't even it was like a whirlwind. I wasn't even there. But like actually sitting down like in at Cedar in that office with our fucked up technology and just like <laughs> Skyping with James and Steven about everyone's doing great. That's definitely an underdog moment. So there you go, Will. There you go. Yeah, that is 100% (laughs) an underdog moment. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Good times. Good times. (laughs) Favorite quote, Liz, what do you have? Oh. Uh, Because it's the law, that's why, coach. I have two. Last game, seven. That was Tim Riggins. And then no regrets. But also, I had to write this one down. Tim, I'll just piss in the sink. Billy. (laughs) Yeah, Billy. Billy, Billy. (laughs) I love him. I really love the Riggins Mm -hmm. brothers. And next week, they have some really, some really good moments. And I'm like, could these be my favorite brothers on television? But then I'm like, ooh, Seth and Ryan. I really love those two, too. Oh, yeah. For you, it's Seth and Ryan, hands down. I know. but I And then I was like, ooh, Lucas and Nathan. But 
I think nah. the Riggins brothers might take it. <laughs> I'm like, nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Lucas and Nathan. <laughs> who would you who are your favorite brothers? You brothers? Think? Yeah. My well, my favorite brothers that I had watched at a time in my life were the Salvatore brothers, but I wouldn't say they're like the bonding brother type. They're like okay. complete opposite. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, Seth and Ryan definitely. Yeah. Have a really nice brotherly bond. Yeah. I'll have to think about that though. Out of like all of my shows. Well, out of our Betty shows, because oh, then def definitely Seth and Ryan. Yeah, I know. Maybe I was having a stroke today. <laughs> when I thought about it. I'm like, could the Riggins be my favorite brother like, duo? No, honey, what are, no. you, what are you talking about? What you, what's happening? <laughs> Do you need some water, fresh air? <laughs> MVP and shittiest. Who's your MVP? I picked Eric Taylor, coach. Beautiful. I picked Matt. Yeah. We had votes for Landry and Tyra. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely. Definitely Landry. Yeah. You know, he's always there to lend a helping hand. I know. I mean, I feel like this episode had a lot of good MVPs, a lot of choices. Yeah. I struggled with shittiest, and in the emails, people struggled. They chose Joe. Yeah, same. I also put Joe, and I feel like it's the obvious one, even though he didn't really do that much this episode. No, it just the reasoning as to why it all went down is because of him and so right that's why he's shitty but yeah it was hard it was hard to pick an mvp and it was hard it was hard to pick a shittiest yeah so i feel like everyone really was mvp worthy at least yeah in this episode did you like this episode i did yeah i feel like for some reason everyone was like hyping it up and i oh, no. i all, no not just like i expected to be a lot more emotional and i think i kind of just like disassociated myself from it and just watched it from like I expected like that scene of with Tim at the football field I didn't cry and while I in my heart I was like wow that's that's special I expected me to I must have must have cried too much this past past week weekend uh enough so I I just didn't I felt emotional but it didn't like come to the head if you will. Got it. So just disregard everything I said for next week's episode. Just ignore it because I don't want you to feel like I'm hyping it up. Coach's Corner. What was your favorite moment? Um, I had Coach on just, you know, talking to JD the way he had to talk to him. The, just the one scene where he was like, yeah, I had to do it. Because it's And I'm law. sorry. Yeah. Uh, I chose Coach's speech to the team and family and friends after the game. Oh, yeah. That's the one. And just how he called them all gentlemen and they're champions and that he's proud of them. I thought I I was very touched by that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting because this week we do have a Panther of the Week. Oh. Are you ready to hear this review? Uh, I am so excited. Let's take it away, please. Okay. A great podcast. Five stars from Elizabeth81890. 
found this podcast from Matt of the Lonely Boys. Shout out to Matt and Brandon. If you love Gossip Girl, check them out. I really love how they incorporate their fan base with Booster of the Week and all the comments and questions they read. I am not a newbie to FNL and I am cringing a little bit at some of these predictions. (laughs) I'm going to have to try out Gossip Girl and OC coverage. Thank, Thank you. you. I hope like so cringing and like, much. oh, funny, funny. Not like, I know. <laughs> I know because they're not that bad. No. They're, I mean, they're pretty- you know, the culty thing. I get it. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, you know, I feel like it's been pretty tame. I think so. Uh, thank you so much for leaving us a review. Thank I you. I literally squealed and screamed and then sent it to Liz and I hope... Liz, when you received that today, that you heard the screams come through. I did. You're like, finally! And exclamation points. Yeah. Uh, So thank you so much. If you're enjoying the show and you haven't already, please consider rating us five stars and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to us. And uh, we like to pair emojis with episodes. So, Liz, what are you thinking for this week? Ooh. I was thinking of paper because Tyra's been writing her paper and there's three paper emojis. There's one with the pencil. Yeah, sure. A couple of papers, like she's writing her essay. So that's this week's emoji for this episode. And what we mean by that is you can stick that emoji in Apple Podcast Review if you feel fancy to do that. Or you can send it to us in a DM on Instagram, Total Betty Podcast Network, through an email, Discord chat. We just want to know you made it this far, and that way we know you're listening. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, Booster of the week, Liz, who's our total buddy booster? Booster of the week. You're a total booster. Our booster is Lisa. Lisa. Welcome back, Lisa. She's been gone for a little bit, but she's making her way back into the uh, the episodes of the podcast. And we just wanted to say thank you for your support. We always love to get your emails and messages. You have such a great um, take on the shows that we podcast about. And we look forward to many more conversations in the future. So we're happy to hear from you again. Thanks, Lisa. Like I said, last week, you made me LOL. <laughs> Pretty hard. How are you? You thought you were behind and then you were ahead. (laughs) Can't wait to hear uh, what you think about season four. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for season four. Oh, me too. You guys have hyped it up so much. I know. And I don't want to hype it up. So, like, again, just forget all the hype. I think I could. I think the past people have said season two is the weird one. It's not as good. And that was true of it. And then season three got better, and I can only imagine season four and five really taking a different spin, but ultimately feeling like the same show, but better because there's different fun characters. Yeah, and I think Friday Night Lights is one of those shows where, besides two being weird, there is no bad season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty, so I look forward to great. that. Yeah. All right, Liz. Next week is the finale. Oh. Season 3, episode 13, Tomorrow Blues. The quote, Joe, you do not represent this team. Coach Eric Taylor. Ooh. Joe does not represent this team. 
That's what Coach is saying to, to uh, Joe. Is JD's real name Joe? Joseph? And that's why they call him JD, because he's like a junior in a way? Mm, I don't know about that. What a great question, Lissy. Okay. But so I think, obviously, this is Joe McCoy. Correct. And he's trying to step out on the field, and he's probably pissed that Coach took him out last game and... Even though he's probably like, oh, we would have mi- we would have won if uh, JD stayed in the game, bullshit. So him and coach are gonna be on the outs. Maybe, hey, let's hope that they decide they're not gonna play for this team anymore and they up and leave. They're gonna move the McCoys. Yeah, they're gonna move into a better school that will. Well, I don't know because. The Dillon Panthers, as we know, are like the cream of the crop and everyone who's everyone in Texas wants to play good football. They're going to play for the Panthers. They should go play for that other team. <laughs> he should go play for that other team. They were fierce. The one they versed at Yeah, at whatever, they, whatever their name was. Mm-hmm. There are other good Texas teams. He doesn't have to stay there, even though I feel like they brought him in to go there. Yeah. Right. Like he, he, they just moved, yeah. you know. Um, my hope and and dreams would be that they would leave again, but I don't know if we'll be that lucky. So it's finale. So we're wrapping some things up. So I feel like. What do you think? It's hard for me to predict without knowing if season four we are going into college or if we're starting it where people are like, it's been like a little bit of time has passed and we know now where everyone is going. That's fair. That's okay. Um, so I feel like we'll be getting letters of acceptances and denials next week, especially in Tyra's end, um, figuring out where they're going to go. Is there a, a time jump? ish in next week's episode do you want me to tell you yeah yes okay because that would make the most sense for me like we've time jumped to the summer right before the kids are leaving for school and we're gonna get an idea of where everyone's going who's staying home who's leaving who's breaking up who's staying together um who's paying for college who's not so I lo- really look forward to that because I really, every single one of these kids, maybe besides Tim, actually, you know what? F that. Not even besides Tim. <laughs> no, have no solid plans as to where they're going because Tim could always change his mind last minute, even though he did get into college. Like, ah, oh, it's not really for me. And Lila and him are going to be like, wait, what? You, you told me you're going to go there and now I'm going there and I'm fucked, basically. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I look really look forward to seeing where all these kids end up and what is the fate. Are we still doing this redistricting thing? Because we still haven't touched upon that this week. So I guess for finale, it would make sense for us to figure out, yes, we are making two separate schools and East Dillon and Dillon will be a thing. And now we're going to decide on who's going where, who's teaching where, who's coaching where. She's arrived. I've arrived. I got it. I just needed a little warm up. She got it. She got it. Well, and then, I'm excited. And plus other fun things. Of course. That episode. It's a good one. I think it's a beautiful finale. 
I really enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it too. I'm not going to hype it up. I'm just going to say I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> it's okay. I think I you will. I won't. I'm not going to like, you know, not trust you anymore. I just, <laughs> okay. I trust, I trust if you love it, then I'm going to love it too. I think honestly, like with Friday Night Lights, you just go in, you're like, this is good. It's just and that's good. it. It's exactly. not like, listen, I, when we talk off mic, like this show's so different than our other teen drama babies that it's just a good show. Yep. And that's it. There's <laughs> and that's really, that's it. That's it. The discussing like, is just truly discussing how much this show is wonderful and yeah. how incredible all the acting is. Yeah. That's really and it. It just feels like a true, very a realistic story that would play out in any high school kid's football career. Like if you took Tim Riggins in real life and watched his life and his trajectory, like this makes sense. It makes it's sense. Just, it's just really good. Plain and simple. As we come to an end, we do have Will's Football Poetry Corner. The Underdog. The underdog is always the people's favorite. Nobody can deny a comeback. And man, do these Panthers love to suck in the first half only to come back for a thrilling finish. It's so true. Our show's underdog, Lance, made a breakthrough with Tyra and made a huge block on the field. Meanwhile, after his demotion, our other underdog, Saracen, leads the Panthers back to a near victory in Daryl K. Royal, Texas Memorial. (laughs) Very nice beautiful will thank you so much well thank you everyone for listening this week for submitting your questions your comments your reviews yeah be our panther of the week if you leave us an apple podcast review we'll read it on air Mm -hmm. uh and we hope you come back next week for our finale of season three tomorrow blues yay thank you so much for listening to talking texas forever a friday night lights podcast You can email us at TalkingTexasForever at gmail.com. If you're interested in seeing what we do with this show and all of our others, head over to Instagram at TotalBettyPodcast.org. This has been a Total Betty Podcast, produced and edited by Michelle Rubenstein and Alyssa Tenio, music by Anthony Vacora.